Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Women's Football Success. This is episode 1913, and today we're going to talk about getting your stands filled. Real quick, my disclaimer is my name is Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington, and I am co-owner of the Dallas Elite Women's Football Team, but I'm also an attorney, but I'm not your attorney. All the information that I provide on this radio show, the other other radio shows, blogs, social media, all of our print and digital material is business information only, and it does not create an attorney-client relationship between us. Therefore, if you have an issue related to women's football that you need legal assistance, please seek out a, an attorney in your jurisdiction that has experience with business law. This is where you come for women's football success information. I'm gonna share with you a couple things really quick, um, just in case this is the first time you are hearing about women's football success radio show. We are hosted by Blog Talk Radio, by the JC Hawk uh, Network, and BJ, who's been a longtime um, fan, friend, and participant in women's football, um, is the one that sets up and uh, takes care of the radio show for us. So thank you to BJ for all your help and assistance. Our goal here is to help teams that are in the Women's Football Alliance attain business success. So real quick, again, if you are just reaching us or just connecting with us on episode 1913, I have episodes for 2018 and 2019. So you can go back and look on Blog Talk Radio and look for the different topics that you may be interested in looking at. But um, all of our information is here on uh, Women's Football Success Radio Show. And then we also have our website. It's actually being converted right now, but it's at supersmallbiz.com. And then up at the top, it's women's football. Um, just a little bit about me, the, the reason why it's set up that way. I am a longtime business owner. I also do business consulting for other small businesses. That's where I run my organization for supersmallbiz.com. And so I talk to people there that from all walks of life, from all different um, categories of business, whether it be a cleaning business, an errand service, um, a painting, uh, home painting, lawn care, Etsy shops, all different kinds of things. So I work with small business owners over there. So I naturally just attached uh, women's football in there um, as a place to store it and get everything collected in one spot. And now we are actually transferring over to the women's football um, website. So that'll be complete in the coming days. I actually went back to school and became an attorney um, for several reasons. One, because I always wanted to be an attorney and I figured if I didn't do it, I would uh, regret it for the rest of my life. And secondly, I did it because in my business consulting, I ran into so many businesses that were doing things incorrectly, not because they wanted to or because they knew they were doing it wrong and just didn't care, but it was because they did not know some of the um, 
ins and outs of running a business. A lot of times people start a business, for example, women's football, because they like football and they don't understand the business part of it. So that's where I come in. Um, I own a law firm in Arkansas and we cover the whole state, um, but also my free time, what there is of it, um, we spend on women's football. My husband, husband and I started in women's football and forgive me if I get this date wrong, um, but I think it was 2008-ish. I think our first season of play was 2009. He knows more about that, but I lose track of the years. Um, we owned originally the Lone Star Mustangs. We signed up with the NWFA at the time because it was the NWFA or the IWFL. Um, quickly, we discovered that the NWFA was was uh, closing because of a owner's meeting with Catherine Masters that said, hey, I'm going to give the league to all of you. Um, I was the one with uh, the most business experience, so I became the interim president for um, three or four months. Um, it, it was quite fast how this happened. I, I uh, bought into the franchise. I paid $5,000. Um, for the Lone Star Mustang franchise, quote, unquote. Um, and then two months later, I found out that we no longer have a league and now I am running it. Um, so we actually teamed up with the WFA. They had pulled in about 15 or 16 teams, I want to say, maybe 20, um, before the 2009 season started. So um, I connected with Jeff and Lisa and said, hey, Rather than have you have 20 teams and us have 20 teams, why don't we combine them together? And hopefully it'll make this great 30 or 40 team uh, league. And that's what happened. So thanks to Jeff and Lisa for um, handling all the craziness uh, because running a league is not a super, super um, glamorous job, I must say. People might think it's cool and they, they always feel that they know how to do it better. But... Uh, running a women's football team with almost 70 teams, um, I think it's 70 right now, um, but it may be 68, 69. But running a league is very, very hard work, especially when you have a spouse and a family and um, just a, a life uh, because women's football becomes um, a life, a lifestyle. So we started out with the Lone Star Mustangs. We actually then, um, the next year, we actually went to the championship and won our second season. And my husband and I were named owners of the year. Super cool. That award was created that year and um, we, we got it. Um, we put a lot of hard work in. We're dedicated to women's football and um, we were very successful. With that, we already knew and we had already told Jeff and Lisa that we were going to grow we were actually trying to grow to four teams, um, but we grew to owning three teams. And um, the four teams were the Lone Star Mustangs, and then we were going to have the uh, Louisiana team, which was going to be, I can't even remember. I know we, we went there a couple times for tryouts, and there was just no interest. Um, I want to say, it's not Shreveport, Louisiana, but it is Louisiana because it was going to be the Louisiana Gators, and that one did not go well at all. 
Um, then we um, also expanded to the Little Rock Wildcats, which at the time was yellow and black, and the Tulsa Eagles, which was maroon and black. And the Lone Star Mustangs, of course, was gold and black. Um, so we owned those three teams. Um, we were successful and profitable as a business. Um, my husband was laid off um, during that time, about 2012. He was laid off 2011, 2012, um, because we were then um, offered, my husband was offered a job by a headhunter um, to move to Arkansas. We never planned to move to Arkansas, but um, that's how it happened. Uh, we gave away or sold the women's football teams um, to other individuals so that they could continue on with the name. Uh, we just as easily could have just closed up shop and made them um, create new names, but we felt that there were some people vested in each of the teams that would want the name to carry on. Ultimately, the Tulsa Eagles became the Tulsa Threat, and the Little Rock Wildcats became the Arkansas Wildcats. And the Lone Star Mustangs went on for, I think, two years, maybe three, and then they closed down. Um, and then hence came the Dallas Elite and all that stuff. So... My goal in women's football success is just that. I like to help owners um, and players, coaches and staff members understand the dynamics of women's football and provide them with resources to make them successful. So if you are able to go back and uh, on Blog Talk and look at our different episodes, um, I've shared that with you guys step-by-step, um, -step, different topics, there's still 50 more things to talk about um, before I start reviewing everything. But um, we are very happy to be back in women's football. Um, it was a tough decision when we um, had to leave women's football because um, my husband coached for the Lone Star Mustangs and we didn't feel it was right for him, for us now to um, have him coach the Little Rock team because it was closer to our new home. And so we felt that it was best just to um, give the three teams their ability to um, go on and be successful for themselves. Um, we were in the process of coming back to women's football um, in December and January of 2000, well, December 2017, January 2018. Um, and we had actually reached out to Jeff and Lisa um, about putting a team in Fayetteville, Arkansas. We didn't want to screw the Little Rock team and try and place a team, you know, just around the, you know, outside the hundred yards or what, or hundred miles or whatever miles it is. We didn't want to do that and um, potentially hurt that team. So we were looking at putting a team in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Unfortunately, they the Schools up there try to price themselves out. Um, so it's $5,000 uh, for a game, to play a game there um, at a stadium. So um, we did a lot of digging and a lot of research and came up to, came to the conclusion that uh, we were not going to be able to start a team th that year and uh, let uh, Lisa know that. Uh, while we were in that process, um, we had just stopped talking to, to Lisa about the... <laughs> the team in Fayetteville when we were asked by Maria Spencer 
to join her as co-owners of the Dallas Elite women's football team after her former owner or her her co-owner um, left. Um, we then agreed, you know, we checked things out. Um, Maria was left with nothing, um, so we had to go out and um, get equipment, get players. It was crazy. So um, Mike and I, you know, kind of evaluated things. We came on board February 6th of last year, and we have not stopped since. Um, we feel that women's football has great opportunity in it um, if the teams are willing to work together and um, come together as one. I don't know how that's gonna happen in the future, but I will tell you that um, I think that there is still much more opportunity, much more growth in women's football to happen. Um, and we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, let's see here. So, with that story, I want to share with you that women's football is not all wonderful, great stuff. It is, um, it, there are struggles, there are issues, um, and it's very important for people to realize that when they start a women's football team, that especially when they're doing it from the ground up, that it, it's a lot of work, but it can be very, very successful. And um, I think that uh, women's football can be huge. So let me share with you how, again, if you're just now coming on to this, I wanted to give you kind of a rundown so you didn't have to run back to some other episodes to hear that. Um, and then I wanted to share with you our topic for today, which is selling tickets and getting people to the game, right? Okay, so over the past four months leading up to this season, um, well, I've been doing the radio show for longer than that, but the last four months have been specific um, topics. I've been sharing with you ideas and strategies that make women's football teams successful. Um, I've done this out of the radio show. I've done the radio show with the approach of JIT, which is just in time. Just in time allows me to share things with you in small bite-sized pieces instead of just dumping it all on you. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. Um, so I've used the just in just in time approach to give you guys um, little snippets of things. So you can actually go back and start at the beginning of the radio show and probably have a ton of learning done if you just watched the few hours that we have here. So. There's 13 episodes here. I think there was 25 episodes yesterday. So just a couple hours, uh, I'm kidding, about 40 hours of, of listening at this point, um, and you could um, be on the ball and more knowledgeable than most teams in women's football. We've gone over tryouts and recruiting and coaching, staffing. We uh, talked about scrimmages. We talked about working with other teams. Uh, we also talked about the actual game day. And now I want to talk to you about getting people in the stands, okay? So it's very, very difficult um, to be successful. Hold on, I got to get my Diet Pepsi. It's very difficult 
to be in women's football and not have people in the stands. The players want to see people in the stands. The owners want to see people in the stands. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago that in a women's football league, everybody wants to offer discounts and discounts and discounts. But in women's football, a team only has four events, four games to make money. And then, of course, any of their fundraising activities or fundraising game. But four major big times when they can possibly profit. So it's very important to make the best of those four events. And that includes selling tickets. I'll talk about giving away tickets. And I'll talk about getting people to the games, okay? Obviously, the first thing is selling tickets. Um, I look at all of the websites. Um, and so far, I have seen everybody selling tickets right now. You know, they've posted about selling tickets on Facebook. I want to I wanna clue you in on something or get you focused on something about Facebook. Facebook, it's really good that people are putting out on Facebook, like, you know, buy season tickets pre-sale or whatever. It's very, very important that people understand that on Facebook, when your um, page scrolls, so when you get on Facebook, if I got on Facebook right now, it's going to show me the most recent posts from all the people that I know. But if I have 500 people on, on there that I know, and half of them have posted something in the last, say, three hours, it will take a long, long time for me to get back to that first post, right? So if I'm trying to look at, at posts from, say, I don't know, nine o'clock this morning until now, it's going to show me the ones that were done now, but I probably will not be able to get to the ones that were at nine o'clock because it's so far back. What people need to understand about Facebook is it is not okay, it is not in your benefit to post your ticket sales one time. Bad, it's very, very bad. Because while you think that you're getting your social media done and you can check that box and, and say that you got your social media and you uh, put something out there about your games, one post for one day is not gonna do it. About 90 to 95% of your followers will not see it. Why? Because when they go in and look at their newsfeed on Facebook, it's gonna be way back, way back, right? Especially if it was yesterday or the day before. They never saw it. Now they're certainly not gonna go back two or three days to see it. So I would suggest to people, teams, support staff or owners, whoever it is that's running their social media, to post those numerous times, okay? Make sure that you're posting those numerous times so that people are understanding that your game is on such and such date at such and such time, and if they buy them in advance, they'll get this price, and if they buy them at the gate, they're gonna have to pay extra. Now, a bunch of people talk to me about how much is the price of your tickets, okay? And, and they get upset. Some people say, oh, I'm upset because, you know, I have a family that wants to come, but it's 
it's two parents and two kids over 12 and two kids under 12, but over three. So that means that they'd have to pay 10, if they bought tickets early, 10, 20, 30, 40, $50, 45, 10, 20, 30, 40, 45, $50, right? $5 for each of the children um, under 12, but over three. So 50 bucks. And I go back and forth on this. Obviously, I want as many people in the stands that can possibly come. But $50 for a full family outing is not a lot. It just isn't. They don't have to buy your concession stand. They don't have to buy t-shirts. Just to come to the game, $10 for adults, $5 for, for 12 to 3 and children under 3 free is very reasonable. We have actually made, our, our prices are $12 um, for adults at the gate. So it's beneficial for them to sell the tickets or buy the tickets, pre-buy the tickets from a player. Our players get incentives for selling tickets um, to potential people through their Facebook page or through their, sorry, through their website. So on our website, www.dallaselitewomensfootball.com, each of our players has their own page and people can go through their page and buy stuff or they can go through the, the actual website, but they still have the option to put their favorite player's name in there, okay? So they have a lot of potential to um, help the players out, okay? Let's talk a little bit about giving away tickets. Um, I go back and forth on this one as well. There are teams that are doing it. I don't like it. Um, I wish they didn't do it. I wish they didn't have to do it. A lot of people, um, we call them lay people in, in the legal realm, but a lot of people that don't understand marketing don't realize that by making the tickets discounted or given away, they are devaluing their product. Because then the people that know you every year you discount them, every year you discount them, they're going to come back. They're going to wait until that discount. And if they don't see a discount, then they are going to um, not come at all because they didn't see the discount. Even, even some really, really big fans sometimes, if they think that they're going to get a free ticket or a $5 ticket when it's really $12, um, We'll wait and see if they're going to get it, right? So I am against giving away tickets or, or doing discounts. Now, where I shift from that is um, nonprofit organizations. I'll give you a good example. Ronald McDonald House. So in Dallas, they have a Ronald McDonald House that's way out in Fort Worth, okay? Those people probably were not going to come to my game in Plano, Texas, ever. So I will send some tickets to the Ronald McDonald House as a giveaway so that the people that are there, I don't know if you know much about the Ronald McDonald House, but the people that are there, um, their children are at the hospital um, for some illness, cancer, uh, leukemia, dying of something or are very, very ill, and the parents can stay at the Ronald McDonald house 
uh, for free while their children are being seen um, at the hospital. So it's a very, very good cause. Um, but those people probably were not going to come to your game anyways. So sending them a free ticket or sending them a giveaway ticket um, does not hurt anybody. But those were potentially new people. I don't like it when people give away tickets or I say I should say teams when I don't like it when teams give away tickets to people that were already going to come and would have paid the $12 or the $10, right? Because that defeats the purpose and you're losing out on revenue, okay? Ideally, you want to get people to the game. So I tell teams to use their creativity to come up with ways that get people to their stands. There are a variety of different ideas, but sending tickets out to those organizations that were not necessarily going to come before and will come now, that's where you want to get those people. Let's see here. Hold on just a second. Some people do um, half price tickets. So one of the main things that we've had in women's football is theme nights. So I want to share with you a little bit about that. Theme nights typically um, take on a, a name or category of people and offer them tickets at a discounted rate. So for example, youth night or veterans night trying to think of the other ones that we have. Uh, first responders night, women's health night, um, breast cancer awareness night, however you wanna do that. You could actually use those categories to build up your game. So for example, let's just talk about veterans, uh, veterans night. Veterans day is the last Monday in May. So if you have a game that's happening that Saturday before, you could make that your Veterans Day. Now, make sure when you do these, don't just assign them whatever just because you think it sounds cool. Look at those months. So, for example, if you're doing a youth day where you want children to come, you probably want to get those tickets out or that information to a school, right? And if you don't get it to the school, if you make your youth night in June, then you probably won't be able to get those kids from the school. So you want to make your youth night an April or May night home game. Does that make sense? Um, and you can do that in a variety of different ways. You can just send tickets to different organizations or you can um, give them a flyer or give them a code that they can use at the ticket. So when they use that code, they get a half price or a free, free admission, something like that. Um, so yeah. So that, that can really help. I hope this has been beneficial for you guys today. Um, we are getting ready. Whew, are we getting ready? We are getting ready for women's football in the WFA. I just want to share with you guys. Hold on just a second. Of course, my computer is not going to help me. Boop, 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 boop. There we go. I should have had this open already before I started the show, but... Um, I'm going to pull up. Now, I don't typically do 
hold on. See, now I got online and it's going to ding me like crazy. Um, stalkers. No, anyway, I'm just kidding. Um, so I want to go over to the WFAProFootball.com. So for the Women's Football Alliance, it's WFAProFootball.com. And they've been around. This is the 10-year anniversary for the league. Super excited for playing seasons, right? Like I talked about. I was right on my dates. So it was 2008 when I started the Lone Star Mustangs and we played for the first time in 2009. So check out, if you go on Facebook, the Women's Football Alliance, they have a bunch of new announcements. Can you hear my voice starting to go out already? I have two more shows to do and I'm going to sound like a man by the end of it. Okay. Bo, 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 bo. Check out um, the videos and the WFA um, pictures and stuff. They are really, I'll tell you, I just want to do a shout out to the WFA, the Women's Football Alliance, okay? 65 to 70 teams. And everybody is working together. Just get over to the WFA website. And teams this year, more than any, have really been um, stepping it up and getting their picture, getting their social media um, to the league so that the league can post it. I told you last week how we were so stoked. Come on down here. Mm -hmm. trying to get to it the wfa reached what whatever number of views that you have to have on youtube to reach um monetization we did it and that was with the help of the women's football alliance the players, the coaches, the staff members. So thank you to um, all the teams in the WFA for working together and getting it done. Let me put here, I'm gonna go back. So this week we have like three days, three days until kickoff for the WFA 10th <laughs> season. The reason that I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of giggling back here. We, my team, the Dallas Elite, have an have a bye week. So I actually have a few extra days of time to prepare. So I have, you know, 10 days from now before we go. But still, 10 days is not a lot. But I feel like, whew, because I still, you know, I still have 100 things to do. I don't know about you guys, but if you are um, part of the support staff and the ownership, um, the days leading up to your first home game are crazy. Um, it's just getting everything together, getting things organized, putting them in the right boxes. Um, for me, and while we're at it, I'm going to share with you, this isn't part of getting the stadium filled, but this is part of um, having some time during at the game to do something. So make sure that you have things organized so that all of the stuff that's going to the gate is in one box. All of the stuff that's going in the locker room is in these two boxes. 
all the stuff that's going to concession standards in these two boxes, okay? So let's uh, make sure that that happens. Um, and that way you have so much additional time um, game day. It makes it much smoother. So I try to have everything organized. I'm, I'm a planner if you guys haven't figured that out yet. Um, I set a plan, I schedule things, I have checklists for everything. Um, so hopefully um, you guys um, have been able to use some of the checklists I've given you. Um, probably like 30 checklists now. Um, I want to share with you, ba 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 Where's my schedule? Schedules. Okay, so. I'm going to share with you. So we are headed into week one. Oh my gosh, look at how many games we have. Um, and this is where, again, I do a shout out to the team owners and support staff and to Jeff and Lisa, the league owners. Guys, I don't know if all the teams are doing this. I know what our team is doing. So I'm like, this is crazy. But I think that all the teams are doing this. Um, tell Send me a message or something and tell me if you guys are or are not doing this. But after the game's over, it's a whole nother five or 10 hours of commitment. You know what I'm saying? So after the game's over and putting the, the we have to put the scores up on the website um, and then everybody does stats to get those logged in. And those are due by, I think, Wednesday. Um, so our staff, our coaching staff works together to get that done. Um, we, you know, we use the video from the game and um, get that all running. Uh, they go through it step by step, play by play, and give the recognition to whichever player did what, um, mark the downs, mark the yardage, all that stuff. So um, they're barely recovering from the game on Saturday by like Tuesday, right? Because now they're starting to um, plan. Well, they've already got a little bit of a plan in place ahead of time, but then they start to get serious about it. Um, that week. So not only are they implementing new stuff in the team and the players, but they are having to deal with all the numbers and stuff. So I'm just going to do a rundown. Bam. I don't know if I'm going to get this done in time. Let's see how much time I have. I can do it. I can do it. Okay. So Boston Renegades are at Tampa Bay. Richmond, Virgi Richmond, Virginia, Black Widows is in Baltimore. Cleveland Fusion goes to Pittsburgh Passion. Indy Crash goes to Toledo. That's not too bad of a drive. Um, the Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Tidal Waves. I think it's Michigan, isn't it? Um, versus the Capital City Savages. I'm going to go back and check that real quick because I don't know why that's stuck in my mind. Uh, Cincinnati Sizzle is going to Music City Misfits. Knoxville Lightning versus Derby City Dynamite. Jackson Dixie, Jacksonville Dixie Blues. They've been around for a long time. Um, at the Orlando Anarchy. Daytona Wave Runners at South Carolina Smash. St. Louis Slam are back in action. And they are going to the Arkansas Wildcats in Little Rock. Wisconsin Dragons are at Columbus Vanguards. Acadiana Zydeco. For anybody that doesn't know how to say that, Acadiana Zydeco, um, been around a while too, is going to Houston Power. Tulsa Threat, shout out, is going to Iowa Phoenix. 
Arlington Impact at Camo, Houston Energy at Austin, Tacoma Trauma at Portland Fighting Shockwave, the South, or South Oregon Lady Gades at Seattle Spartans, Utah Blitz at Oregon Hawks, Mile High Blaze at Rocky Mountain Thundercats. That's a great road trip, not very far. That's awesome. Um, and then here's another one, Rio Grande Heat, which I believe is out of Santa Fe, is going to Las Cruces de la Muerte, the Las Cruces team. The do, 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 uh, Nevada Storm at East Sierra Mustangs, Ventura Wolfpack at Phoenix Phantoms, the Maine Mayhem at New York, Minnesota Vixen, I'm sorry, let me say that again. Maine Mayhem at New York Knockouts. The Minnesota Vixen at Kansas City. Mississippi Royalty at Tennessee Diamondbacks. Inland Empire Ravens at Sin City Trojan. And the Columbus Comets versus the Detroit Dark Angels. Now there's a couple of teams that I don't see there. Maybe they have a bye week as well on... The first there. Okay. So yeah, so the New York Wolves have a buy on the first week. I'm going to look through here real quick. The Philly Phantoms must have a buy on the first week. DC Divas have a buy on the first week. Let's see. The Red, sorry, Rock Hill Lady Raiders. And I didn't see anything about the Carolina Phoenix. They play in the game uh, week two. Uh, Tampa Bay Inferno. I don't think I said anything about them when I was going. Uh, Miami Fury. These are at week two. Any of the teams that I didn't find on week one or I didn't call on week one, um, I'm just looking through here to see um, if they are. The Phoenix Phantoms, I don't think I said that one. Ventura Wolfpack, Kern County Crusaders. Yep, okay, so those are all good to go. Damn, okay. So that is really cool. I'm so excited about this season. Just a ton of games. Um, our goal, my goal, as I've talked about in the past, is um, for us to have no... Um, forfeits no forfeits now like i talked about again i cannot i i have no i have nothing to i don't know i'm not the one that can make this happen or not make it happen right i can make sure that my team doesn't have any forfeits but i want my goal for the wfa to be no forfeits and um so my husband and i um are the directors of team development for the WFA, the Women's Football Alliance. So we um, have been reaching out to teams, mostly in Division Three, some in Division Two, but mostly Division Three, um, to help with the learning curve of women's football. Because typically the first two or three years, it's, it's kind of a guessing game. You're kind of confused. You're not sure what to do and what's working, what's not working. Um, and so when in... One of the reasons we feel we were so successful in the past was because we set up matrix, we set up um, numerical 
values or numerical things to um, test or look at on our team. And that way we could know whether we were doing better or worse each season um, or what we needed to fix or what, what might be wrong that uh, we need to change. So our goal is to share with that to at least the Division Three teams and any of the Division Two teams that want the information um, to help guide them in what to do to be successful in women's football. With that being said, I want everybody to know that it is truly attainable to be successful in women's football. You can have a profitable, successful women's football team in women's football. We can get to a point where players are paid always, right? Some of the teams have put in programs for players to become paid players, which is great, but um, it would be so cool to get all people paid, all women paid, all coaches paid um, for all games. Super cool. I know it can happen. Um, I'm working on a couple uh, things right now, but I feel that we are, we're just a, uh, a stepping stone away from that. Um, it doesn't require a different league or a different model, um, but women's football can be very successful the way that the WFA is doing it. So I'm super excited about this season. Um, every year it gets more crazy and um, it keeps calling you back, doesn't it? Um, a lot of people, I just want to share this. Um, a lot of people, women's football is their hobby, their love, their passion. So they are okay with not making money. And I get that. Um, a lot of teams have been in existence for a long time. For example, the, the Austin Outlaws. I think this is their 20th year. Um, and so they've been around a long time. And I don't know the stats or I don't know the numbers on profitability, not profitable, um, uh, being able to pay coaches, not being able to pay coaches. Um, most teams in the WFA and any other league that you know of um, do not run a profit um, very often. So my goal is to get these teams using some strategies to be successful every year. This year is our building year for this program and making sure and, and hoping that we can um, eliminate or reduce the number of forfeits. And if we can do that, we are we are we are on a good path, right? So I just want to let everybody know, you guys have a great week. This week, a bunch of teams are having games. You can reach out to me if you have questions, issues, concerns. Um, you can reach out to me through the Dallas Elite website. You can reach out to me through the WFA website. Um, you can call me directly, my direct phone. Um, it goes, you know, my secretary gets it if I'm out of the office, but 479-747-3693. Um, if she's not available, then it's forwarded to my cell phone. Um, so let us know what you need as a women's football team, and we will help to make it happen. 
you guys just have a great week and <laughs> it's now time to get started with week one of the WFA. You guys have a good week. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Right. Take you on a dance.